What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? Please welcome Christopher Roush. Thank you guys for joining us here on the Raw and Unscripted Show. It is Tuesday night, 7 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, your place for the Raw and Unscripted Show, where I bring you Raw and Unscripted conversations designed to remove your excuses, remove your tolerations, and provide you with results. Thank you guys for joining us. We are on episode number 250 of the Raw and Unscripted Show. We've actually been going for four years now. Thank you very much. We're in like 20 different countries, so thank you guys for tuning in all over the world. I thank you. Thank you from the bottom of my heart. We are a top Top 10% uh, globally rated podcast. So thank you guys all for that. Um, and we are here every single week and we are on every podcast platform you can imagine. So we're on iHeart, we're on Spotify, we're on iTunes, we're on uh, Amazon Music, wherever you get your podcast, wherever you get your entertainment, find us. Raw and Unscripted with Christopher Roush. You can also find my other show, The Unfiltered Experience, which I also do on Friday nights. So check it out. Be sure to follow us. There are some amazing episodes out there with uh, incredible content that can change your life pretty quickly. When you think about the fact that we're on 250th episode of the Ron and Scripted Show, I'm not going to tell you every single episode is golden, but I'm going to tell you that probably 98% of them are, are really, really kick ass. And every single one of those episodes has tangible strategies that you can start to implement immediately. So when you think about that, just think about that. Just take 10% of those podcasts. And if you implement three strategies from each one of those, what is it going to mean for your life? What is it going to mean for your success? What is it going to mean for your confidence? When you eliminate those tolerations and excuses and you get results and you start feeding off of that and you realize that everything is within your power to choose differently and to make those different actions in your life, it's pretty incredible what you guys can, can achieve in your life. And we're going to be talking about that tonight. I'm super excited about that. We've got legal legacy services in the house. What's going on, Ted? It's Ted legal. He says, Hey, Chris, everyone hope everyone is having a great day. We are Ted. Thank you for being here. I appreciate you, brother. Uh, the other thing I want to mention here is I've kind of gotten off track about mentioning this, but this is my book. It's called it's just you and me kid. If you go to it's just you and me kid.com, you will get a summary of what this book is about. It's essentially my life story of being homeless at the age of 13, going through a horrific amount of uh, negative situations to put it mildly for me to be ultimately uh, a guy that earned his master's degree, wrote a best-selling book and changed the world. And I invite you to go to rawandscripted.com. Go in there. I mean, actually, that's a different one. That's the podcast. Go to it's just you and me kid.com. If you go there and you put in your email address, you guys can help me make it a bestseller. And if you do that, you can see all the bonuses that you get. You get a coaching session with me. You get to hear lost stories or stories that aren't going to be included in the book. There's a whole bunch of stuff right there. So go to it's just you and me kid.com, sign up, and that way you can help me make it a bestseller and you'll get a bunch of extras with that. Um, so the story is amazing. I've been uh, writing it since 2021. Uh, and it's been a labor of love. I've learned a lot about myself. I've learned how to find empathy and forgiveness. And the lessons that are in this, this journey will help you no matter where you're at in your life. I promise you that I wrote a book that will change the world. So I encourage you to go to it's just you and me kid.com. Go there, check it out. And uh, with that, ladies and gentlemen, tonight, I want you to take notes. Tonight, the, so the show is actually called Creating Success on Your Terms. And if you know me and if you follow me for any length of time, you know that our, my terms means doing it authentically, right? Unapologetically, being able to have success where you wake up and you get to be who you are and you get to use your natural God-given genius to make this world a better place and to make a profit of it. That's what I'm about. And then tonight's guest, uh, I got the opportunity to be introduced to him by a fellow mutual friend, Kellen Ann. So thank you, Kellen, if you're watching. Uh, I got introduced to this guy and just immediately 
immediately fell in love with his enthusiasm, but more importantly, fell in love with the fact that he and I share the same DNA and the fact that we are unstoppable, that we don't give ourselves excuses, that we give ourselves opportunities. So please welcome to the Ron and Scripted Show, Mr. Sidney Tarver. What's going on, Sidney? Thank you so much for being here tonight, man. I appreciate you. I'm excited for this conversation. We're going to rock some lives. We're going to change some people's perspectives about their past, present, and their future. And perhaps maybe you and I are going to learn something a little bit more about each other in the process as well that will get us fired up as well. So my first question for you, thank you for being here, is what do you want, thinking about the conversation, how I just set up the, the, the episode that we're going to be talking about, what do you want to get across people most tonight? When you think about this, right, you're setting the stage for what it is that we're going to be talking about tonight. What do you want people to walk away knowing, like in their heart of hearts, about themselves, about their future, about whatever it is that's most important to you? Uh, well, thanks for having me, Christopher. But um, yeah, what I want everybody to know is, you know, it's a, it's cliche, but you know, it's a marathon, not a sprint. You know, um, you got to stay consistent in life. It's, it's many battles. Long as you, uh, you know, you might lose some battles, but long as you don't lose the war, you know, you, you got to still live to fight another day. And um, it's going to be challenges and obstacles, but long as you don't quit and keep pushing, you'll be all right. Like eventually most people stop because they quit. They let something deter them and then they never try anything again. So you got to just keep going on this journey. Like um, I'm not saying it's going to be easy. I'm not yeah. saying it's always going to be smiles. You're going to blood, sweat and tears. You might cry, but I mean, as long as you get back up, dust yourself off and keep taking one step forward at a time. Eventually you'll, you'll find the light that you need to. It's so true, brother. I'm so glad you said that. And like I said, we shared some DNA, right? I keep this in front of me at all times. This is uh, from the book, basically three feet from gold. You never know. For those of you guys listening on the podcast, I realize that you guys can't see this, but this is a graphic that I keep right in front of me on my desk every single day. And it says, you never know how close you are. Never give up on your dreams. And it's a picture of one guy who has nearly broken through to find all the gold, all the jewels, and he gave up and he's turning around and he's disgusted. He's frustrated. He's leaving. He's given up. The other guy is still picking away because he knows just like what Sydney said if you continue to do it if you continue to take that imperfect action every single day and you learn from the things that you're growing from it's pretty incredible how that compounds over time right we know about compound interest for a savings account right you put a little bit in the savings goes towards the principal everything starts to build on it and you put you know 100 bucks in and then 30 years later you have 101 dollars right you know with the way with the way our interest system is right now but people get that point you said something in there Sydney that I want to go deeper on and you said consistent and I know for me personally, uh, having been a coach for over 20 years now in my own personal life, consistency is one of those things that most people struggle with. They get excited about something like, yeah, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. It might be a new year's resolution. It might be a brand new goal. They go do those things, but the consistency part of it, right? Like you said, you know, it gets tough. It gets overwhelming. It gets boring. It gets challenging. It loses its luster. You start to wonder why you're even doing it in the first place. You want to give yourself every possible excuse. Tell us about a time in your life where perhaps you're going something, you're going after something and you wanted to give up, but you realized that that consistency was a key. So how did you stay consistent in those times where you wanted to give up? Um, I start back with football. You know, I've always been pretty good at football, but like in high school, like that was the first time my ninth grade year, like I wasn't just better than everybody or starting or got to play varsity. Like I had to hit the bench for like two years. I get in the game, but like I was used to like, starting so i had to just look myself in the mirror force myself to get better and will myself into a starting position you know when you're used to being this and then you get knocked down you got two struggle years and then finally come back get it together end up getting the college scholarship later on going to the nfl so you just like you just 
you just got to keep going and, and showing up and be wanting to get better. Like if, if say whatever reason, it could be politics or anything, but it's some reason that you're not on the field. So you have to find the reason, overcome it and will yourself into the position if that's what you really do, or you can lay down and quit and nobody's going to remember your name that way either. So it's, it's, I'd rather just keep figuring it out than just lay down and quit and be like, man, I used to be good at football. And, you know, that guy's always telling you old high school stories and you're like, yeah, right. sure, whatever. But, <laughs> so, yeah, for sure. That's where they live in that. Who, who taught you? Who taught you how to be that? Who was that person in your life, Sydney, who who taught you to be unstoppable, that gave you that that the resiliency gene to say, you know what? Hey, it may be tough, but I love what you said before. And I'm a master of saying this, like, it's going to suck and it's going to be hard and it's going to be, you're going to want to give up. And like you said, I even say this too, blood, sweat and tears. But in the other side of it, it's going to be worth it. So who was that person for you that 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 inspired you to be become the greatest person you could possibly become? Um, believe it or not, my mom and dad, my dad was a football coach. So he was already, you know, we were doing drills at a young age and working on the game. So it's so my dad. He was like, um, if you're going to do it, like do it. Don't don't come and quit. Like, don't start something and quit. Like, you're going to have to figure it out. It, it's not always going to go your way. But he's like, don't quit. Like that's, that's the last thing you should do. So. You know, I couldn't really quit or do anything because my dad would just be looking at me like disappointed. So I never wanted that. So tried to keep it going and figured it out as best as I could. Yeah. So when you got in the NFL, I mean, that's that's a that's a huge goal for a lot of young kids, right? They think about I want to go be a professional football player, basketball player, whatever it might be. And, you know, I can't remember the stat, but it's like point zero 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 one percent of people who go if go for it get in. You got in the NFL. Talk to us about that journey and talk to us about how you coped with not being a part of the NFL once that came to be a reality for you. Well, you know, in my college, like a lot of guys were starting to go to the NFL. Like I've seen people like even if I didn't think I was going to the NFL when I went to college, like I was around so many guys who went to the NFL and I'm looking like, oh, me and him were starting like he was he was pretty good. But like I'm I'm not as I'm I'm just as good as him. Like I might got a shot. Like so as I started going, I was getting better and better. And then I was able to go get undrafted to the Cleveland Browns and then got cut. And ended up getting picked up on the Jacksonville Jaguars for the remainder of that season and just hung out. And when it was over, you know, I didn't really feel that bad. It sucked because it was like four or five days before Christmas I got cut. But Oh, no. Yeah. But I didn't I didn't stay down. Like, I was like, I got a college degree. Like, I didn't – I got my health. I didn't lose everything. Like, I'm all right. Like, I got a second chance at life. Like, I can figure it out. I'm, I'm a pretty smart dude. So I just kept it moving when I know other of my friends, like they tried to chase the dream for like five years after that. And I'm like, yeah, it's, it's already hard. I mean, every year is a new set of guys and leaving. So it's not saying that I couldn't have chased it, but I was more realistic. Like, let me get to the real world. Let me figure out how to get some money and take off on my own journey. Nice, nice. And I want to I want to go deeper on that, Sydney, for a second, because in, in one respect, you're talking about us having the resiliency to never give up and never quit. But yet you were in a situation where you realized that it was a different outcome. You you were you were able to see the end of what it is that you're working on and go, OK, do I really want that potential for that ending or do I want to create my own ending by taking responsibility and control of my outcomes? Talk to us about that. Like, talk to us about when people should know to give up. Like, what is it for you that, like, you know that that that's something that you should give up? Because I know so many people are dealing in relationships they they should give up, jobs they should give up, bad habits they should give up, friends they should give up, but they still hang on to them, hoping, wishing, and praying that something's going to change or they feel like that's all they deserve. Talk to us about that for you and how you make that that decision in your in your life. Well, with the NFL, it was 
it's a lot of politics and business that people don't, they think you just out there playing football, but it's about relationships and agents and owners and knowing it's really deeper than it looks surface level on TV. You just watching ESPN like, Oh, those guys get billions, but it's, it's not really like that. It's business going on at all times. Cause it's such, it's high level business. You paying people a hundred million, 50 million a year. So it's, it's intense. Like at all yeah. times you can get cut. Um, but I just felt like, People give me to run around my agent. Like, I didn't feel like, I was like, this dude just telling me anything. Let me go find out how to take my future into my own hands instead of having my life in this agent who could be telling me anything. Let me just go on and write my path and start out on my own journey. Fresh start. Right. And what 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 did you learn from that? What did that teach you? Like, when you look back and you look at some of your other friends, what did that, what did that independence uh, proclamation teach you? Just to take action, like you, you can yeah, you can feel sorry for yourself and try to throw you a pity party, but or you could just keep working and then pop back up again and 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 get out of that identity. Some people stay attached to I'm the football player for life identity, but I never had like I was I was always good. I was good at school. I got a college degree. Like I could do I could do other stuff. Like I'm sure if I could learn to play football, which I had spent what 15 years perfecting that craft mastering that like i just got to put some more years in mastering something else and eventually i'll come back out good again to something else mm, i love that i love that and what I, what i get the impression from you is that you know how to dig the best out of yourself right so what is it that we can share with people tonight you know we're thinking about like you know we're, we're in such a comfortable society right we can order our food in we can literally be as lazy as we possibly can be um, and you know, in a world where our senses are really taught for us to be in fight or flight, you know, to be hunter gatherers and things like that our DNA is kind of resident still in that part. What can we do to get people to be more resilient, to find what their best is? Because I found that so many people think they're doing their best. Like Chris, I'm doing the best I can. And then I talked to him, I asked him a few questions. Like I had somebody tell me the other day, like financially, they said, I'm doing the best I can, you know, Chris, I don't know what else to do. And I said, can I said, I, can I take you on a journey for a second? They said, yeah. And I said, I'm going to go dark. So don't think I'm an idiot or I'm an, I'm an asshole, but I'm going to go dark for a second because there's leverage in the darkness. And I said, you have, I said, who do you love the most in this world? And they said, my kid. And I said, what's your kid's name? And I, they said, Doug. And I said, how old's Doug? Doug is nine. I said, okay, on a scale of one to 10, 10 being absolute, what would you do for Doug? Would you take a bullet for Doug? Yes, I would take a bullet for Doug. I mean, you would do anything for Doug, right? I would do anything for Doug. And I said, okay, so here's, here's where I'm going to go dark for a second. I said, I said, if I asked you right now, if I said, you know, I need you to go raise $10,000 in the next seven days and it can't be illegal, immoral or unethical. I said, what do you tell me? And she's like, oh my God, Chris, if I could come up with $10,000, I wouldn't be talking to you right now. Da, 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 all these different things. And I said, okay. I said, so you walk in the door from work tomorrow. I said, Doug is sitting in a chair, but standing next to Doug is a guy with a nine millimeter pistol pointed at Doug's head. And the gentleman proceeds to tell you in no uncertain terms, you're going to come up with $10,000 in the next seven days. And it's not going to be illegal, immoral, or unethical. I said, now, what do you tell this gentleman who's holding a pistol to your son's head that you said you would do anything for? And every single person I've done this to, and I've done it to a lot of people, they sit there and they're like, I would figure out a way. And I'm like, okay, what changed between me just asking you to go raise it and you telling me I'm crazy and to get bent. And now you're telling me you would find a way. 
And I said, the leverage changed. You're still the same person. You just got more creative. You just got more resourceful. You just got willing to sacrifice a lot of stuff. You would be eating crow. You would ask people, hey, can I borrow $2,000? Can I borrow 200 bucks? You would be selling stuff like crazy. You'd be standing on a street corner, waving a sign. Can I mow your lawn for five? You would figure out what the fuck to do. You would sell your $2,000, your spare iPhone that's sitting in your desk that you could probably get 500 bucks for. You'd sell that. You would sell all sorts of things that you really don't need that you're just hanging on to because you have them. You would get resourceful. And that's where I tell people, that's when you're doing your best, right? When you go to bed and you feel like, man, I really fucking kicked ass today. Talk to us about that time in your life where you really thought you were giving your best, but then you took it up a notch. And what did that, what did that provide for you, Sydney? Man, that's a good question. Um, I would say when I lived in Houston, I, um, like I've always been a workout guy, so I'm going to work out regardless pretty much every day of my life. But in Houston, I was working out, but I was just eating too much. Like my diet, I was eating steak night, like getting almost got up to like 300 pounds from like, whoa, I was 230 in the NFL playing football. So I was just, I wasn't depressed or anything, but I just was eating too much. Like, you know, and I was like, man, I'm doing good. I'm making good money. Like I'm not like hurting for anything, but I was too comfortable. Like in Houston, chilling, eating, working out, but still just being fat. I was looking at myself in the mirror, like not recognizing myself. Um, but then I got a job. I took another job and moved to Las Vegas. And when I got yeah. to Vegas, you know, it's super hot. So 300 pounds and being in Vegas, I was like, I was like, nah, uh -uh. my life got to change. Like I went like vegetarian for a year, like Whoa. Drunk, started drinking a gallon of water. I lost like 50 pounds in one year and like got back to my like slim, like athletic self. And I was just like, damn, that's crazy. Like you can. You still think you're doing good, but like my, I'm going back home, my mom and dad, like you getting fat. Like I'm like, they always tell me the truth. So I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, but other people in the life's like, you just big, Sydney. You've always been big. You don't look that fat, but I'm feeling uh -huh. like horrible. My clothes not fitting right. You can't I'm tie your like, shoes without getting winded. Yeah. And then just to hear my mom or dad be like, Yeah, you getting fat. You gotta relax. Like, you need to work out. And I'm just like, all right. Once I hear them say that, I'm like, Yeah, I'm fat. I need to step it up. Like anybody else can be like, I don't be paying, but if my mom and dad tell me I'm fat, like I'm fat for real, because they already know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I mean, that's 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 one of the things I've found in my life, Sydney, is having people in in my life that would be honest with me, right? Because so many people love us, right? Oh no, you're just a big bone. You're just you look fine. <laughs> yeah. They just want to be nice to you. They just want to, you know. But we need people in our lives to be honest, right? Like when I go to my friends and I'm like, okay, how can I improve my podcast or what can I do differently with this? And they'll tell me, like Chris, you know, like for a while my social media posts were not dark, but I was just being I was being kind of negative, but I was you know just kind of showing that I can have bad moments too and one of my friends reached out to me he's like dude i've been seeing your posts and i'm I, i'm concerned for you because it just seems like you're not honoring your word about what it is that you do i can see what you're trying to do you're probably trying to share that you have bad times too but just be careful because you're kind of giving up an impression that maybe you might be faking it and now you're just being real and i was like oh okay cool cool thanks so i've had friends of mine be able to be honest with me and that's helped me grow so much how important has it been for you and your life and your success to have those people around you who are honest and will tell you the hard stuff and tell you, hey, Chris, hey, hey, Sydney, you know, forget about the NFL. That's a, that's a lost cause, man. I see you doing this. How important is it to have those people in our lives? And it's super great. And and recognizing when you have those people is another thing because a lot of people they don't recognize the people the people that they won't they think are for them aren't for them and the people that they that's really had they back they push away. So recognizing opportunity and, and not trying to live through emotions like emotional people, 
they they'll they'll talk themselves or talk themselves in and out or anything because they're thinking crazy and not like listening with logic, but they're just reacting off emotion and they you can ruin a lot of things acting off emotion, but um oh, it's so yeah. important to have mentors. I've had that my dad, mom started with me and then just moon the years, some of my friends' dads have took me under their wing and showed me more business things. I've had people at jobs mentor me and show me how to travel for business and real be a, be a real professional. I've had football coaches show me how to be a professional and train and take care of my body and like what I'm going to really have to do to get to the next level. I've always had somebody who would guide me to the next level long as I was willing to listen. Like you have to be open to listening. You don't know everything. Like even you can learn from anybody. I respect anybody who's older than me just because they've seen more days on earth than I have. By yep. default, they, even if they're not rich or successful, like they've still seen more. They've had just by numbers more time on earth than me. So they seen more just by the, the numbers. They've seen more things than me. So I can always learn something. You know? mm -hmm. That's so true. I mean, I sit there and I look at it this way. Like I've always been enamored even before I had a, a podcast or a radio. I used to do a live radio show too. I've always just been curious about what makes people tick. I've always been curious like about regrets or what would you do differently? And I think what you just said, Sydney, is so important that we all need mentors and coaches and, and people in our lives that have done the things or are doing the things that we want to do, right? So many times we surround ourselves with people who think we're great, but then when we look at it, do those people really push us to be our best? Do those people push us to get out of our comfort zone? Do those people push us to ditch our excuses? Do those people push us to be our, you know, when you think about that, those five people we're around the most, those five people in our life should be those key critical people in our life that we can go to. And I talk about having a team, right? You gotta have somebody that you trust, somebody that empowers you, somebody that holds you accountable and somebody who's your mentor and they can't be the same people. And I've talked to thousands of people in my life, obviously just in podcasts alone. And I've talked about that, the importance of having those critical people in your life, those five people who are going to push you and support you and, and get you out there at five o'clock in the morning, get you going to the gym, get you over your excuses. When you think about in your life, what, what person in your life really, you mentioned your dad, you mentioned your mom before, but what other person be that besides those people have had the greatest impact on you? And what is it about them that you want to pay forward with their lessons? Yeah, when I was young, um, one of my best friends' dad's name, my best friend's name is Evan Joseph, one of my best friends. His dad's name was Dallas Joseph. And uh, we went to this private school when we were in high school, middle school. This, this school, if you look it up now, it costs like $64,000 a year. But his dad was the CFO of the school, and he would always, like, take us to, like, fancy restaurants or, like, like eating raw sushi. Like, he'd make me, like, we go to a restaurant, he'd be, like, eat it with the chopsticks. It was, like, raw tuna dripping blood. I'm, like. I'm like a little kid, like, who finna eat this? Like, he was like, mm -hmm. nope. he's like, go on and handle that. I was like, all right. He's like, and use the chopsticks. He just was making me do, like, challenging me, like, at a young age. And I was like, I can't. I play football. I'm not scared to know, like, whatever this is. Just eat. Right. But it actually turned out all right. So he was challenging me, uh, Mr. Joseph, Dallas Joseph. So try new things. Get uncomfortable often. Try that often from any age. Most people get stuck in their same comfort zone, same routine, hanging with the same people. And that only gets you so far when you're trying to be great. That's not how you're going to do it. Um, but another guy, Terry Philpott, once I got cut from the NFL, he offered me my first real job in Chesapeake, Virginia. He offered me like $5,000 signing bonus to just move up there. So I packed up my truck and drove right up there. 
he really taught me how to be a business professional and, and be a professional, showing up on time, um, being a leader, how to work. He just taught me how to deal with people and lead groups of teams. And he's just a great guy, like a great director. He still talks to me and texts me every day. But those two, and one of my high school coaches too, also Eric Westmoreland, he played in the NFL as well and won a national championship at Tennessee. And um, he always challenged me because I thought I was good my 11th grade year, but then he came my 12th grade year and was like, he was like, you got so much work to do. Like, you think you good, but like, that's not going to cut it on the next level. He was like, in high school, he was like, that ain't going to yeah. cut it, man. Like he, so he really, he really took my football game to the next level in a year for sure. So those are three people that I know for sure off the top that impacted me from ages one to 18 pretty much and, and took my life to a new level. Dude, that's beautiful. Thank you for sharing that. I mean, I've, I've had so many of those people in my life as well. I mean, I don't know how much of my story, if you know anything, the eclipse version is that I was at 13 years old, I became uh, homeless. And for four years, I lived on the streets. I lived in the backseat of a station wagon with 18 cats and four dogs and a mother that had various psychological disorders. Uh, I tried to kill myself twice. Fortunately, I sucked at it. I had all sorts of horrible, horrible things happen in my life. And then at 17 years old, I had long hair. I had long hair most of my life, smoking cigarettes, living in an apartment with five guys. And my girlfriend's dad, who was the president of a trucking company, right, wearing suits and driving a, a a Buick Skylark with a cell phone in it, you know, back in the day when nobody. And here I am, this 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 dirt bag, right? And he didn't look at me; he looked in me. And he, he said, "You know, have you ever thought about going back to school?" And I'm like, "No, I was told I was stupid my entire life. You know, from the time I was a little kid, my mom always called me stupid. At my stupid at school, I did bad in school. I said, there's no way I can make up the seventh grade all the way to twelfth grade." Hey, you, you're crazy. He's like, well, there's this thing called a GED. And I was like, all right. And so he challenged me and this is back before the internet. So I had to get on the phone and I had to call these schools around me and find out what's a GED program, found out there was a GED program. And I said, what do I have to do? And they said, you're going to come down here and you're going to take a test and we're going to see, you know, where you're deficient and then we'll give you classes in continuation school. And then you can make up those, those classes and then eventually get your GED. In my mind, Sydney, I was like, oh my God, I'll be 110 years old before I get my GED. This is, you're going to make me up like six years of high school? Like, come on, are you crazy? Like, you have way too much faith in me. I went and took the test. I figured I'm going to take that imperfect action. I went and took the test. And I'm sure as shit, they're going to tell me, you don't even qualify. Like, you're you're off the chart, stupid. And I knew I was, I was people smart, but book smart and everything else, I just wasn't very good at things. I, I was a quick learner. I could learn, but that's what saved my ass because I did all sorts of different types of jobs. But they called me back and they said, okay, we think you could probably make it up. You need three or four classes. And basically, dude, I made it up in like three or four months. I got my GED. I went back to the same guy and I said, hey, I got my GED. Thank you for pushing me. He's like, what do you think about going to college? I'm like, are you crazy? Like, I can't afford a college. I'm, like, I'm working three jobs, living in an apartment with five guys. He's like, just try to take one class. And that one class turned into 12 years of me going to school all the time. I gave up my friendships. I gave up a partying. I gave it all up. And then I got my master's degree when I was 30 years old, the same year I bought my first house. And so the discussion we're having tonight with all these beautiful people who are listening and watching is the fact that you and I are no different than anybody else. Right. But the thing I want to talk yeah. about next, we've established the fact of what it takes, but what does it take to do it on our terms? Right. I look different. I've always been my own dude, but I went through a period where I found that if I was this person for Sydney, if I was that person for Barbara, if I was that person for Ted, if I was that person for Jeremy, if I was that person for those people, I was successful. I either got the girl, I got the job, I got the sale, I got the deal. I knew prescriptively pretty quick how to make people happy and make people like me, but I did it at the expense of who Chris was. And I got to the point where I didn't even know who I was anymore. 
And it got to a point where I was like, okay, at the end of the day, sure, I'm going to be successful and have this monetary compensation, these egoic validation, like, oh, crooked Chris, he's all this. I've got videos on my YouTube channel where I'm wearing a suit and tie and, and speaking the part and looking the part and doing everything like everybody else was. But then I realized like, I didn't come here to be somebody else. I came here to be Chris and all my life. I was afraid of being Chris. I was picked on for being Chris. I was called stupid for me. I did everything in my power to run away from who I was by drinking and drugs and women and all sorts of stuff. And when I finally got clear on who am I number one, and what do I want most? What do I care about most? That's when my life really started shifting. I didn't have as many material and egoic things, but the, the sense of accomplishment, the sense of connection in my heart to who I am, the sense of feeling and belonging and having a sense of purpose in the world where I never did before besides surviving. Talk to us about that, because I think that's one of the key things from the conversation tonight, Sydney, that we both can share with people is that 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 loyalty and that 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 requirement really to love ourselves first right? Love ourselves first, take care of ourselves first. It's not being selfish. Talk to me about your journey in that department of, of, of owning who Sydney is and, and what that looked like for you. Well, that you said that, that, that resonated super well. Like you said, you know, we find ourselves trying to give and help everybody and we end up neglecting ourselves at the end. And um, yeah, I had a situation like that. I mean, you know, I, I had ended up in the mental hospital, you know, recently, not recently, but like maybe two or three years ago. Just had an episode, stayed in the mental hospital for two and a half years, no phone. I mean, not two and a half years, but two and a half weeks. No phone, no nothing. And it really just cleared my mind and sat there and thought, I was just thinking like, man, I got to take care of myself. Like I, I run around doing business, helping everybody I can, you know, and then you look at me, I'm not sleeping. I'm not doing anything, taking care of myself, eating healthy. And I just... It hit me. It took too much uh, out of me, but um, you know, I made it. I was able to get through that, get through that situation. Um, and now, really, like probably two weeks ago, I was just telling my dad the other day, like I probably started feeling the best I ever felt in like the last three, four years since I started my company, just by simply going to sleep on time, like going to sleep, getting seven to eight hours worth of sleep, and writing down every morning my thoughts in a journal, just writing first thing when I wake up literally day and night from the last <laughs> 33 years if i would have knew this if i would have knew to go to bed like 10 years ago my life would have been different but i i had to go through life and i thought i was superman you know i'm the tough guy from football like i'll sleep later when the old people with those old people I'll sleep but when like, i'm dead i used to say that i'll sleep yeah when I'm dead. yeah that was you know how it is like we just a badge of honor order, order. yeah for sure yeah, I was there. thinking we were tough but no, like I value my sleep now, you know, so that's how it goes. You learn, you live and you learn. That's all I can say, really. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I, I mean, that's, it's, it's super important. I want to grab a couple of these comments and then uh, I'm going to, I'm going to get back to something. Uh, Ted here says, he says, I can relate. I lost a hundred pounds by working out one hour cardio every morning, one hour weight training every night. Yeah. I mean, it's really literally that, that taking that imperfect action. I mean, so many times it's taken us, you know, it's taken, I'm going to be 55 in a couple of weeks, you know, it's taken me 55 years to get to this point. If I was needing to deal with something, it might take me five years to deal with it, but it's the, the time's going to go by anyway. And I'm going to continue to grow and learn from that. Then my life's just going to become more enriched. But if I sit there and ignore it, it's never going to go away. And eventually I'm going to have to deal with it, or I'm going to wind up regretting it later on in life. And that's for me, that's my biggest thing is not to have any regrets. Um, Ted says here also, that's a great point, Chris. I see, 
your comment here, Mana Hill. Um, sure, I will check my inbox, and uh, I think I don't know if it's for me or for for Sydney, but I think you should interview Sydney. But somebody wants to interview us. Um, Ted says here also having people that don't go, don't do the things for you, hold you back probably because they are either jealous or your accomplishments haven't been there or don't want to. So they don't encourage you. Yeah. hundred percent. People don't want to see you doing something because then it reminds them of what they're not doing. And that's in my life. Um, and I want to talk to you about this, Sydney is in my life. I've had to wish people well throughout my journey. I've, you know, as I, I've, as I've continued to do better by myself and for myself, like when I went to go back to school, all my friends and all my homies were like, Oh, Chris, you're going to be too good for us. Now you're going to go get your high school diploma. You're going to be too good for us. And then when I told them I was going to college, man, you know, I thought they were kidding, but they're like, Oh, Mr. Smarty pants da, 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 and I couldn't party as much anymore. Like, Oh, Mr. Goody two shoes has to go do his schoolwork. Well, guess what, Sydney, I'm sure you can, you can appreciate this. Um, and I don't say this in a great way. Um, I got reunited with a bunch of my friends that I knew back in the eighties, back in Bon Jovi and Motley Crue. And you know, everything was sunset strip was fucking cool. And I reunited with some of my friends from that point because one of our friends wound up in the hospital here in California. She'd been out here visiting and none of us got together. But when we found out that she was in the hospital, um, three or four of us got together, three, actually three of us um, got together. We had lunch before we were going to go visit her in the hospital. We hadn't seen each other in like decades and we're having lunch. And it was my fr me, my friend Gina and my friend um, John. And we were sitting there like, you know, we're having to stream, whatever happened to Steve Rainey, whatever happened to Chet, whatever happened. We were going through all these people that we used to know. And now we're in our thirties. I think by that point, I was probably maybe in my forties. I can't remember exactly when this happened, but I mean, time is passing by so fast. But anyways, we said, how did we all turn out? Okay. Like Gina owns a bar in orange County here in Southern California. She's been doing really great. John went and got into supply chain management, which I know is something you have in your background. I have in my background. He went into that, became a truck driver, owned his own truck for a minute, did all. I mean, we sat there and we thought, what did we do? And all of us were like, when it got to be too much, like for me, when the drugs got to be too much, I just stopped. Like I did cocaine when I got to the point where I'm like, Ooh, I need more of this. I just never did it again. I did ecstasy when I got to the point where I'm like, Ooh, I need more of this. I just never, it was like that point. Like, okay, I had fun. You know, I still smoke weed every once in a while I drink, but those things, when I realized like, okay, if I keep doing this, it's going to wind me up like that guy over there. That guy can't stop. You know, I had a friend of mine that got addicted to drugs and it, it was, I mean, he nearly died and then he got into Jesus. And then I wish he did was dead, but <laughs> it was this whole thing. But, but, but I, in those, in those conversations and in my life, even though I had to wish my sister well back in 2005, talk just about your journey of, of being who Sydney is. Has that been an issue for you? Have you had to sit there and at certain points of your life say, okay, listen, these people are no longer in my group. I'm I, no offense to them. They got to do them and be them, but I got to move on and I might have to say goodbye to you guys, but no harm, no foul. Have you had to had to do that? I absolutely like, absolutely. Like, um, recently as well, you know, you, every i'd say quarter or so off you have to you know audit the relationships and you're in are are we is this serving each other are we reciprocating each other or am i do i find myself going over and beyond for these people all the time and if so like why why is that i need to handle, i need to put more distance and more boundaries if i'm the one always seeming to break my neck to go out my way and help somebody then when I asked for the smallest thing. It is it's like never happened. So you got to kind of realize that, it, yeah, you might love these people and want them to be with you and get rich together. But it's sometimes it's just not like you have to, you have to put distance on that and take care of yourself first. And once you take care of yourself, you can go back and help everybody. If that's what you want to do. But 
you got to put yourself first and and it's hard for a lot of people to deal with it but it's the honest truth of what you have to do put yourself first at all times mm-hmm. and it's not being selfish i mean as kids we're told you know oh stop being selfish you have to include other people think of other people don't just think of yourself all that other stuff but it goes in direct contrast to the fact that if we're loving ourselves first right when like when i talk to people i ask people like on a scale of 1 to 10 how how well are you taking care of yourself a four or three. I'm like, okay. And then I ask them that question again. Like, who do you love most in your life? Oh, my husband, my mom, my kid. I'm like, okay, on a scale of one to 10, how much do you love them? Nine, 10, 10, 10, 10, mostly tens. I'm like, okay. So I want you to think about this for a second. I want you to just pause. Like, okay, you love this person on a 10. So they deserve the best, right? Yeah. Okay. But you're taking care of yourself at a three or a four. So ask yourself, are they really getting a 10 or are they getting a three or a four? And when I tell that to them, Sydney, every single time their face goes white, they just go, I never thought of it that way. I'm like, let me, let me, let me guess. You get about three to five hours of sleep a night. Uh, you drink a lot of coffee. You don't drink water. You barely go outside. You haven't exercised much recently. You probably don't talk very good to yourself. You probably let people walk all over yourself. Am I close? Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, okay. Number one, Again, going back to that, do you understand how you're not taking care of your son as, as a 10? Yes, I get that. Okay. Do you understand now also that you're telling your son that it's okay to treat yourself like this, right? You're setting the example to say, hey, it's okay to burn yourself. Hey, it's okay to be a people pleaser to everybody else. Hey, it's okay, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Their face droops even more. I'm like, but here's the cool part. You want to hear the cool part? It could stop just like that. I'm like, you just start making choices. You start making decisions that are in the best interest of your life and the best interest of you. Like to your point, you talked about drinking water. I drink half my body weight in ounces of water every day. So I'm 220 pounds. So that's 110 ounces of water a day. When I found out that my body is 70 to 80% water, and then if we don't drink water, we get what? Dehydrated. And then our brain needs water to perform. And if I'm dehydrated, my brain feels like shit. My body feels like shit. I'm going to make shitty thoughts. I'm going to probably go run to my short-term gratification because guess what? Hey, if I watch Netflix or if I drink a beer, if I snort a line or if I do, I feel better. So I'm going to do that because I don't want to feel like shit right now like I do. I want to ignore it. And then we continue to do that over and over and over and over again. And still, instead, what I invite people to do, because it's totally free, and you talked about hydration, number one, hydration, I tell people drink half your body weight in ounces of water every single day, you will find that your skin looks better, your sleep gets better, everything about you, you just start to feel better, you wake up, you're like, oh my god, I feel really good right now. Number one, number two, I call it the five, by the way, I call it the five. So it's hydration, nutrition, sleep, exercise, and vitamin D, right? Sleep, I track my I track my sleep with an aura ring. It's a, it's a, it tells me how much deep sleep I get, how much REM sleep I get, how much time, how many times I'm awake, what my body temperature is. It tells me all these things. And people may say, well, why is that important, Chris? Well, what I found out is that I was going to bed exhausted, waking up tired. I never had that morning where like, oh my God, I feel so refreshed and I'm so glad I slept every single day of my fucking life. I'm like, oh my God, I'm so tired. And I'd see people like, oh my God, I just feel so great. And I'm like, and then somebody asked me like, well, how's your sleep? And I'm like, I go to sleep exhausted. I wake up tired. Like, I don't know. I sleep like, do you know how much deep sleep you're getting? So I invested 350 bucks in the ring and I found out when I ate late, I didn't get any deep sleep. My body temperature was higher. My heart rate was higher. So I didn't. And I found out, Ooh, Ooh, when I started getting deep sleep every night, Sydney, like an hour and 20 minutes where I was getting maybe five minutes. Oh my God. I wake up and feel a little bit better. And guess what? I feel better. I focus on better things. And when I do, when I focus on better things, I treat myself better. And when I treat myself better, I attract better people in my life. And when I attract better people in my life, I get the sale, I get the girl, I get the friend. 
Oh my God, vitamin D. Most of us don't get enough vitamin D. Get outside every single day for 10 minutes in the sun. If you can't do that, take vitamin D supplements because that leads to depression. I found out that here in California, it rained for like 12 days straight. I couldn't figure out, dude, what was up. I felt suicidal. I felt I felt like a blanket was covering me. And I, and I was driving home listening to sad music, right? I was listening to Elton John, like all oh, sad music. I'm like, <laughs> what is wrong with me? And all yeah. of a sudden I just looked up, I just looked up and I was like, I haven't seen the fucking sun in like 12 days. It got sunny a couple of days later and I felt amazing. And I started looking at the seasonal effect disorder. It's like, you know, when people in, in Seattle where it doesn't get sunny, you can actually get depressed by not taking vitamin D. So I started taking a vitamin D supplement. Guess what? In addition to the sleep, in addition to the hydration, now I'm getting vitamin D. Oh my God, I started even feeling better. And then guess what? I started looking. I'm like, wow, I'm taking out care of all these things, but yet I'm still eating fast food. I'm still drinking Cokes. I'm still drinking Jack Daniels. What would I feel like? What kind of decisions would I make? Who would I attract if I really took better care of myself and ate like really good six times a week? I read Tim Ferriss's book, The Four Hour Body, and realized if you're pretty good with your diet and your exercise, you could fuck off one day a week. And so I tried it. And sure enough, I could have hot fudge Sundays, I could have breakfast burritos, I could eat candy. And as long as I did my six days a week, I was fine. And so I tell that to people because that's what we have to do. We have to take care of ourselves and we have to really put ourselves first. And for me, I think of it in terms of my legacy. And so in, in terms for you, Sydney, what is like your big why? When you think about all of this, what's going on in your life right now? I don't know if you have kids or not, but what is your big why? What gets you up every day and gets you excited about becoming the best Sydney that you could possibly become? Because as we titled the show again, Success on Our Terms, I want to make sure we wrap that in there. Like, what is that for you? It's just the the freedom. Like, that's what I'm after, the freedom of being on my own terms, like, I've had a job. I've played football. I've, for the majority of my life, before I started my own business three and a half years ago, I always had to be here, football practice, school. I was always, somebody was always assigning me to do something with my time for them. Yep. Um, but three and a half years ago, I got to, I got to be the one assigning people time for them. Now I still have stuff that I have to do, but the freedom is what I'm after. Of if I want to work today, I can work. If I don't, if I want to go see my mom and hang out with my family, I can go hang out with my parents. If I want to go travel, I can travel. So just having that freedom to do what it is that you want to do, and and knowing that you can do that without working to, you know, our parents' generation work thirty years and retire with ten years left to live, then you die. Like you didn't get to mm -hmm. see anything, so you're just trying to take that freedom back at an earlier age. That's so true, dude. It's so true. I mean, we're bought on to the to the big the big dream when we were kids. You know, it's like, well, you got to do good in school, and then you go to college, and then you meet a girl or a guy, and then you get married, and you buy a house, and then you you have a you have four point two kids, and then you retire, and you get to relax and sit in the sun. It's all bullshit. It's 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 all a farce. You get older, and you get to retire, and then you feel like crap, and then you're looking back in your life, going, man, I should have done some of this shit when I could physically do it. Um, you know, that, that is, that is pretty important. And, and that, and that again leads to the, to the why, which is the leverage of what it is that we want to get better at. So what is it that you're doing now that provides you this freedom? What is it that, that, what it was become your zone of genius in the, in the world of Sydney Tarver when, okay, we've shifted from NFL and you've done all these other things. What is it now that's bringing you joy? Actually shooting content, shooting my videos on social media, sydneyptarver.com. It's cloning me like um, the guy I work like it's cloning me so I can be in more places than one. I could never talk to two million people by myself. That would take me forever. But with the power of the Internet, I could put one video out and 
over 2 million views on whatever platform, like somebody's going to see it faster than me trying to go down the street and talk to 10 people right back to back is I like the internet content, get my message out faster and, and across the world faster than I can do it now. And so I like content creation. Mm -hmm. So what is it when somebody goes to your Instagram account or your social media accounts, what is it that they're getting from Sydney that they're not getting from other people? They're going to get you trucking advice, but digestible like life lessons this could apply to if you're a football player if you're a truck driver if you're accountant like my advice is universal principles it's not like one all be all answer you can apply this to any any type of lifestyle job that you the concepts it's like the bible like the bible yeah it might be talking about jesus but if you put your name in these stories some some kind of this story doesn't happen the way in your life before like so we're just talking to the stories of our life that really can, everybody can relate to because more we're we're more closely related than every everybody's so divided and thinks we're all so different. But mm -mm. me and you, me. we we come from two different backgrounds, but we talking about the same type of stuff. Just saying it probably different, but we're we're saying the same trials and tribulations of life that everybody 100%. successful has overcame. Everybody's did the same things we did. Amen. I tell people all the time we're more the same than we are different. I tell them, I don't care if you're black, white, straight, gay, Republican, Democrat, Trump, no Trump, fucking vax, anything. You split us down the middle. Guess what? We're all the same. We got hearts and livers and kidneys and we can we can trade them. Like I donate blood every eight weeks because I'm a negative. I'm type type a negative. And so I, I donate about every eight to 10 weeks. That's when I can do it. And inevitably about at the most, probably eight, nine, 10 days later, I get an email or a text message telling me that my blood went to a blood transfusion or something like that. So I know somewhere in my local community, somewhere, somebody needed type A negative blood to maybe save their life. And then I was able to do that just based on just going to a blood donation center. And that's, we are more the same than we are different. And the thing that we do share is that commonality of that when we show up as our unique individual selves, we attract the people that are supposed to be in our life. Our vibe attracts our tribe, right? And so when we're operating from that, that, that sense of freedom, that sense of inner peace, that sense of knowing that we're on the right path and we're taking that imperfect action every single day, we can wake up with a sense of integrity, right? And I think so many people, Sydney, they don't have integrity with their word and their actions. They're fighting just to survive. And they think that someday, which does not exist on a calendar, they think someday they're going to be happy. Oh, when this happens, then I'll be happy. When I get this, then I'll be happy. When I have the girl and I'll be happy. When my son doesn't do this anymore, I'll be happy. What advice would you give people as we close out the show a little bit? What advice would you have pe to give people right now to find happiness and gratitude right where the fuck they're at? No, you got to. I mean, it's not going to come from a material possession. I know plenty of people who make a lot of money and uh, got every car you want, and they that I don't. I wouldn't trade my life with theirs. I don't yep. like. I, I've seen it. So, um, just know what you're really doing it for. Know what you're really doing. Whatever you're doing for, get clarity. Um, like you say, go in the dark. You gonna have to go in the dark. Like when when you're everything's going good, that's not the real. Like that can only last for so long. Yep. Those moments when you're by yourself, you got to do the shadow work. You got to ask yourself the uncomfortable questions. Like you're the only one that's going to dig deep within, go within and take off those masks that you wear when you, you know, you come out in the light, in the light, mm -hmm. everybody's wearing a mask. So you got to keep taking those, stripping them down, not giving a damn about what anybody says about you. If you like this, it's perfectly fine and justifiable for you to like this. And your family does it like it. Hey, y'all all got y'all long story and trial and tribulation. Just live in your life. And know it sounds cliche, but mm -hmm. being yourself is 
I promise if you're an imposter, people know exactly when you're trying to copy or like I, you acting just like whatever his name. Like we saw this right. act already. Just be yourself mm-hmm. unapologetically. And the Internet is a place where you can find your tribe easier than in real life. In the Internet, it's groups of people that do all A, B, C and D. And you're it's easier to find your tribe on the Internet than true. in real life. Yeah. It's true, man. You are dropping so much fire tonight. Thank you, man. I appreciate you being here. Uh, I wanted to keep it at 45 minutes. So we've kind of done that. Um, dude, where can I want to leave it right off of there? I want to grab uh, I want to grab some of these comments in a second, but where can people get a hold of you and continue the conversation with you, brother? For sure. Sydney, um, Sydney P. Tarver on all social media platforms, S-I-D-N-E-Y-P Tarver, every platform, and then the people first community.com. Um, you can use that link right here. Um, or you can type thepeoplefirstcommunity.com. And I got my own community. Come check it out. Book a call. Buy a course. Get some game. I write blog all the time about supply chain and logistics, how to start a trucking business. I give all the secrets away on that site. So that's where you can find me. Thanks for and having I, me as well. A lot. Oh, no, you're welcome. No, it's been a great conversation. I look forward to I'm going to create snippets out of this. And I know there's there's tons of them. So I encourage you guys to connect with him. I've checked out his social media. Um, he provides that value, provides that value of really having that mindset to, to find the, the passive income, to find the opportunities within yourself to become that entrepreneur, to become that self-starter. And you give great advice, dude. So I highly recommend people going and checking you out again. It's Sydney uh, P. Tarver. S-I-D-N-E-Y-P-T-A-R-V-E-R. Um, it's in the show notes. If you guys are li- listening to the podcast while you're driving, you guys can go click on the show notes. But brother, it's been such a pleasure being with you here. And I look forward to keeping in touch with you on social media and supporting one another because uh, I think together, I know together that we can impact some young young men's lives. And I think that's something that uh, I'm being called to do more and more. I do it here in my community, but I'm thinking about doing something online where I get a couple of badass dudes and, and we're out there serving the youth of America and, and getting those kids to find mentors because there's so many young men out there, especially that just don't have the right mentors. They're, they're looking, they're looking at people who, you know, perhaps aren't, you know, creating the best uh, ideal for them. I can't remember what that dude's name who's famous on the internet that, that's been teaching kids all the wrong way. What's his name? <laughs> he was like, Who? he was like, he was like, he's in prison right now. He was some dude that like is male chauvinist dude. Oh, you think Andrew Tate? You that Andrew one, Tate? that one, that one. Yeah. You got that guy out there teaching, you know, like, come on, you know, I mean, there's somebody for everybody, but um, yeah, no, we need people like you and me out there showing these young men what's, what's up and how to do it on their own terms. So I'm going to keep my thinking cap on for what we can do. Absolutely. I appreciate the opportunity. I loved having it. It's awesome time. <laughs> you you are the best. I'm going to, I'm going to put you, I'm going to put you on, uh, put you backstage for a second. Don't go anywhere. So I can still talk to you, but I'm just going to end out the show. Um, and there we have it, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. Thank you guys all for joining us. We got Darlene in the house. She says, what's up guys. Hey guys. Thank you, Darlene. If you're just tuning in, go back and check out the beginning of the show because my guest tonight was fire. we got Ted uh, sitting here saying, thank you. Thank you, Ted, for being here and sharing your time with us. Uh, Ted also says here, being able to decide how much you want to work makes life so much better, especially being able uh, to take time for family and myself as needed. Dude, that is so true, Ted. I mean, because at the end of the day, I've seen so many people kill themselves literally or have strokes or have heart attacks or, or get into car crashes because they're so tired because they're trying to provide the best they possibly can for their family. And what do they do? The one person, the one quote unquote thing, if you will, that they want most is killing themselves. Right. And I think about my time in corporate, I was very successful, had a great stint. Last company I was with was for 26 years. You guys know my story left there in November, 2019. 
when my son came along, I was not devoting my time to him. I was devoting my time to the to the job and to what the egoic validation was and the fact I have to do this and I have to do this. And so many people depend on me, but I wasn't there for the one person in my life that really deserved my attention. And it wasn't until 2019, when he was three years old, um, that I made that choice to spend more time with him. And I never regretted it. The time that I got to spend with him during COVID and in the bonding and everything else, you got to make the priorities people. You have to make the priorities for yourself. We talked about that. Sydney so eloquently talked about that. We talked about the five, right? The five hydration, nutrition, sleep, exercise, and vitamin D every single day. You guys can choose to do that. Not only can you choose to do that, you can start waking up with a sense of purpose. You can start waking up with an intention in mind. So what I do when I, when I wake up in the morning, focus on what I'm grateful for, focus on what my intentions are for the day. My intention today is to use my words and my actions to make this world a better place. My intention is to be present and playful with my son. My intention is to be a great husband to my, to my wife, whatever it might be. And then the last thing I sit there and I say is my, my, I am statements, right? I'm not a podcaster. I'm not a husband. I'm not a dad. I am peace. And I remind myself every single day, and I've lived in a world full of chaos and uncertainty and, and having to be fourth gear wide open all the time. And what I've decided over the last, I don't know, 12 months is that I am peace. And I own that. And I, and I start my day with that intention to find peace. So I'm sitting in traffic and I'm frustrated and I'm pissed off. There's a train coming. I am peace. I've got two minutes right now to focus on what I'm grateful for. I got the train passing in front of me instead of being like, Oh my God, I got to be there. I'm late. I'm this, I'm that. Blah, blah. I'm in the moment, right? When you think about the, the joy of being able to, to really appreciate life. And as, as, as I approach 55, I've had the blessings of knowing a lot of people like uh, Sydney said, I know a lot of fa uh, famous people, rock stars, musicians, actors and actresses, millionaires, billionaires, all those different types of people. At the end of the day, nobody's going to trade longevity for material possessions. And so when you get serious about your life and you take what we've shared in this episode and you apply it to your life and you rock your life from your zone of genius, when you rock your life from a sense of purpose and a feeling that knowing that you're doing your best every single day, blood, sweat, and tears. When I go to bed at night, I feel exhausted. I feel elated. I feel like, man, I didn't leave anything on the field today. I was the best I could possibly be here. I was the best I could possibly be here. Maybe I wasn't the best right there, but guess what? I, I can't be the best all the time. So I'm going to cut myself some slack there. And I'm proud of myself for cutting myself some slack because before I would have beat myself up. And every day, as long as you're growing, ladies and gentlemen, and you're becoming more loving and caring and, 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 and concerned with yourself, but still having that sense of pride and, and, and love for everybody else, that's where the joy is when you're able to live in the moments of every single day and string those days together and realize that's the gift of life. That's the gift is to be able to string all these days together and not have to wait for someday to be happy, not wait for someday to, to feel joy, not wait for someday. Stop in the moments and incorporate your senses and go, wow, it's a beautiful day outside. I love the fact that there's a breeze. I love the fact that I can smell orange blossoms in the air. I love the fact that my food tastes so rich. I'm so glad that I get to experience these moments with my family. I'm so glad I have a best friend. I'm so glad I have technology and I can get my questions answered, whatever it might be for you live in gratitude, live in purpose, and then live in servitude and make this world a better place for who you are with your special gifts, because the world more than ever needs all of us to show that it's unity before it's tragedy, that we are more the same than we are different, that each and every one of us has an obligation and a right to go out there and make this world a better place, not for us, but for our kids and our kids' kids. They deserve the best. They deserve to inherit a world that's amazing and inclusive and loving and not divided and not based on fucking political this, that, and the other thing. What's good for the kids? 
What's good for the future? What's good for the world? What's good for longevity? Let's do that. All right. Can I ask you guys to do that with me? I love you guys. Again, make sure you're checking out noexcusescoach.com. Make sure you're subscribing to the podcast. And we'll be back here next week. Next week we have for you, who do we have next week? I think we have, let me see. I always want to tell you guys this because sometimes they're pretty, pretty incredible people. Uh, who do we have next week? We have Mark Cox. Oh, you're going to dig Mark. Mark is like another version of me. So get ready for some fire. Get ready for, for some swear words, but a lot of passion. Mark is a tremendous uh, individual who does a lot of great stuff in the world. I was on his podcast and so now he's going to be on here. Um, so thank you guys. Appreciate you. Love you, Darlene. Appreciate you. Ted, thank you so much for being here. Appreciate you guys. We'll be back here next week. Go out there. Be brilliant. I love you guys. Cheers. <laughs>